Thank you, Gail. Uh, good morning to you all. Good to see you today. And uh, on the screen there, welcome to you, uh, wherever you are. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 1, uh, is where we are this morning. We've been in this, um, in this series, The Gift of Christmas. And uh, the first week, we were thinking about the gift of hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And um, we were thinking about uh, last week the gift of peace that we have in Jesus Christ. And, um, and today it's the gift of joy. And we're going to be in, in Luke uh, chapter 1 uh, and verse 46. While you find your way there, uh, there's a bit of nostalgia for me this morning. This, um, as my role with BBC comes to an end, uh, this is going to be the last time I preach here at Juniton. And I just realised that this morning as I was here preparing. And, um, and it's, that's a little bit sad. It's a little bit exciting too. Um, over the last little while, I've not been coming into the office. But I did my regular routine that I've done for many years this morning. I was in here uh, very early. You, you, you may or may not know that I'm always late in my preparation. My colleagues give me a hard time. That God's inspiration seems to come very late in the piece with my preaching. Um, and so this morning, I, I was in here in the early hours of the morning uh, preparing a bit of fruitcake with me and a cup of tea was, uh, is part of my early morning routine when I'm up preparing. And, um, and it's good to be able to be here with you today uh, and sharing in God's word together. And um, uh, I, I was reflecting as I was preparing this morning, on, um, on some of my early adventures uh, preaching here. We, um, we had a bit of a, um, a staff get-together earlier this week, and um, I found myself with great difficulty making the move from Rainers Lane Baptist Church to Bendigo Baptist Church. And those of you who recall uh, 11 years ago may remember that three or four, maybe more times, I got up the front here and I said, Welcome to Rainers Lane Baptist. And as I said it, I realised I said the wrong thing. And um, I had to correct myself. I can only imagine what's going to happen when I get over to Epsom. Uh, they're going to be subjected to, uh, to more of my mind getting itself orientated. Uh, but it's good to be here with you this morning. And let's have a look at uh, Luke chapter 1 and, the, and verse 46. And what we have here... In these, uh, in these verses through to verse 55, uh, is a song. Mary is rejoicing. That's, uh, that's very evident. And, um, and, and we ask, well, what's she rejoicing about? And we see some of that. But the context for the song comes from verse 20. Uh, the angel Gabriel has been sent from God and he uh, appears to, to Mary. And... Um, and we find that he lets her know that, uh, that she is going to have a baby. Unexpectedly, she's going to have a baby, and this will be no ordinary baby. This is the baby, the Messiah, that has been spoken of. And um, she has found favour with God, verse 30. And, um, and verse 32, she, a baby is going to be born. His name is Jesus, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High God. And, um, and he'll be on the throne of his father David, and he will reign 
forever and ever, and of his kingdom there'll be no end. So Mary's received this news, and she's gone to see uh, Elizabeth, her, her cousin, and they have celebrated together. And then, verse 46, we have Mary's song of rejoicing, and she is celebrating. She's celebrating because of what God has done, and she's celebrating because of what he will do through this baby Jesus that is coming. And um, and so we want to look together this morning at, um, at what, what we see from this song of Mary and what it means for us. And as first as we think about it as a song of rejoicing, we should ask the question, well, what is joy? And I imagine if you uh, stopped and thought for a moment and maybe had a conversation with some, somebody next to you, there'd be a range of different ideas here in this room and um, for people who are watching on, online uh, about what joy is. And uh, I guess I want to say simply joy is an emotion or, or a feeling. Um, it's not an idea or, or a decision. It's, it's different. You know, you can't snap your fingers and decide to feel joy. We'd love to at times, wouldn't we? Where we're feeling flat and, and not good or things are going wrong. We'd love to be able to just snap our fingers and, and suddenly to feel joy. But it doesn't happen like that. It's, um, it's, it's an emotion that comes upon us. And I, and I was thinking of it, as I was thinking of an illustration, I was thinking of, you know... Uh, being uh, at a wedding, I was officiating a wedding last weekend, and uh, and I was standing there up the front with the groom, and he was getting more and more nervous as uh, as the time was going on, and the bride was about twenty minutes late, and uh, so it was a it was a nerve wracking time for him, and and the joy though that came. He didn't have to decide to feel joyful. The joy that just came for him, the emotion that came for him as his bride arrives at the end of the corridor down there in front of him, in through the door, and the, the worried look was replaced uh, with a smile of joy. Um, it, it's an emotion. He didn't decide, oh, she's there, I'll feel joy now. That would seem strange, wouldn't it? It just came upon him as she was there in front of him. And I guess I also want to say along with that, we can't, we can't will joy into action for ourselves. We can't just conjure it up for ourselves. It, it comes upon us and we, and we feel it. And then I guess it follows then, if joy is an emotion, well, uh, emotions have, have objects. And joy is, is no different. It comes because of something. We don't just feel joy for nothing. That would seem strange, wouldn't it? To go to somebody and say, oh, I feel incredibly joyful today. And they will naturally say, what? Oh, what has made you feel joyful? And if you just say, oh, I just feel joyful, they would look at you a little bit strange and say, well, there must be a reason you're feeling this joy. And, um, and so we find that joy has an object. And the joy that we see in the Bible has a spiritual object. Our spirit or our soul deep within, however you want to describe it, it's affected by something and we feel an emotion as a result of that effect on, on our soul. You see, God has created us as spiritual beings to be spiritually affected and so express emotions as a result of that. And so that's a little idea of what we're thinking of here as we think about this gift of joy, as we think about the rejoicing that, that Mary uh, expresses here. So 
we'll read the passage. Here, here we go. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. What do we notice about Mary's joy? Well, I want to give you a number of things that we notice. Firstly, verses 46 and 47, we notice that God is the object of Mary's joy. We spoke about joy as an emotion needing an object, and here God is the object of Mary's joy. Have a look at that. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. That God's the object for Mary here. And that's good. That makes sense for God's people, doesn't it? See, You see, God means for himself to be right at the heart of his people's joy. We, I guess you could, as you think about this, you could ask yourself the question, as, as you sit here now or as you're watching online, what do you think would make you feel full of joy and celebrate wildly at this moment. I'm not going to ask you to share with somebody. I, I'm keen for you to think about it though. And, um, and don't worry. Don't think that because you're sitting here in church. You must think it, it has to be something related to God. Because God knows your thoughts. So, so just be real with yourself. What would make you celebrate wildly. And make you feel full of joy at this moment. There might be a, a whole lot of things out there. But it makes sense for God's people, as we call ourselves God's people, that God himself is at the center of our joy somehow. That somehow he is celebrated by us. He makes us rejoice and feel joy in our hearts. So God is the object of Mary's joy, we see first of all. Um, secondly, I, I want us to see that that Mary's joy is God's gift to her. And um, we see that through a number of verses. Verse 48, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. So Mary says, I, I'm, I feel joy at God, and here is, I see his gift to me. He has looked on me. That's his gift to me. Um, verse 49, he has done great things for me. That's gift language again. Verse 50, his mercy, undeserved favor, is for those who fear him. That's gift language. Verse 51, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the prayer. That's gift language again. It's the, it's the gift of God. And as we, as we look through the rest of the New Testament, and uh, particularly in the book of Galatians, as Paul writes to the Galatian church, we know that that gift of God is expressed as he gives us his spirit. 
the, the result of God's Spirit dwelling in His people, part of the fruit of that Spirit is, is joy. It is God's gift to us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Um, I don't need to go on. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. I'll, I'll say it negatively. We don't have joy because of what we've done or how good we are. Here, Mary says, my joy comes positively as a gift of God. What a relief that is, eh? Isn't that a relief? How freeing it is for us in an accomplishment-driven world that we live in to know that God gives us the gift of joy as a gift. Not that we have to earn it. Not that we have to be good enough to get it. You know... I was having a conversation with a couple of my colleagues on Friday as we were driving to and from a funeral. And we were reflecting on the reality that, that so often in our, in our world, when, uh, when we are asked how we are going or what's happening in our lives, we so often reply in terms of what we have done or what we are doing, don't we? It's, it's the way we talk often about how things are going for us. We live in an, in an achievement culture. It's part of our world. And, and I think the reality is we easily bring that over into our thinking about God. And we find ourselves measuring our relationship with God in terms of what we do or what we don't do. What we achieve, how we live up to the standards we see um, or, or how we don't. Do you see that? It, our culture affect us, affects us. But the truth of the gospel and the gift of Christmas is that God relates to us because of what Jesus has done. Not because of, we, of what we do or don't do, but because of what Jesus has done, who he is, and what he has done for us. And this Christmas, again, God stands before us and he offers us the free, undeserved gift of joy that he means for us to have in Jesus Christ. I think that's a wonderful news for us to hear. In our, in our world that we live in. So it is God's gift. It is about God. Thirdly, I want us to see that uh, this gift of joy, it replaces fear, but it comes for those who fear God. Now that sounds like I've got my moods wixed up, doesn't it? But oh, I haven't. <laughs> Have a look at verse 30. Uh, verse 30, it says this. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Now, why was Mary afraid? Well, her, her emotion of fear there was generated by two very logical things. There's an angel standing in front of her, and every time an angel appears in front of a person in the Bible, they're terrified. Mary's no different. She's, she's full of fear. As she, but also, very humanly, he's telling her, You're pregnant, Mary, and she's thinking, How on earth am I pregnant? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm a virgin. I'm going to marry Joseph, but I haven't had anything to do with him. Oh no, what a disgrace this is going to be. What a disaster has come upon me. I'm pregnant. So she's full of fear as she's there in front of the angel. And we... You know, we experience that fear ourselves. That fear of verse 30, it comes upon us for all sorts of reasons. And in all sorts of ways. And it does insidious things to us. And most often it robs us of the joy God means us to experience in him. 
whether it's fear about something that's happening, happening, whether it's fear about something that has happened and the results that will come, or something that will happen, whether it's fear about a relationship or a situation, there's all sorts of ways in which fear assaults us. And every time it robs us of the, God, the joy God means us to have. Does it mean he may, that he means for us just to live a... Uh, 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 what would I say? An unrealistic life, not confronting the realities of life? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that the fear we experience in life robs us of the good joy God means to have us to have. And then come over to verse 50 though, and there's another fear that's spoken of here. And, um, and the fear of verse 30 gets replaced with the fear of God in verse 50. Verse 50, and his mercy is for those who fear him now that word fear there is very different from the word fear in verse 30 that word fear there it means honor a deep sense of respect after all as mary thinks about this this is the creator of the universe this is this is the one who is who is responsible for for mary and us being his creation it's honor it's respect for a creator God who gives us attention, who gives us mercy, who gives us good things, who gives us honour. And all those things Mary has described there um, in these verses. Attention, mercy, good things, honour. And that sense of fear, that honour and respect for God, it settles our soul and it brings us joy. Verse 30, fear, it robs us of joy. It, it agitates our soul. This fear, a sense of who God is, it settles our soul and it brings us joy. And so we find here that this gift of, of joy, it replaces fear, but it comes for those who fear God. And then fourthly, we find this gift of joy is for the humble. It's for those that recognize their need for God and put their pride away to humble themselves before him. Uh, have a look at verse 48. And uh, again, there's a number of ways in which Mary uh, emphasizes this here. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Uh, verse 51. A same, oh, we'll go to verse 52 first. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. And exalted those of humble estate. And verse 51, I guess the negative emphasis of that, he has shattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. It's for the humble, this gift of joy. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Those that recognize who he is and fear him understand their places before him. You get that? As we recognize who God is and show him honor and respect and fear him, we find ourselves understanding our place before him. Now, God loves us and he cares for us more than any friend could, but, but relationship with him is not a casual affair. And he doesn't mean for us to take it casually as his people. He is God and we are not. That, that's reality. And Mary expresses that here. And for us, I want to say that humility is fueled at Christmas time by reminding ourselves that the God of the universe humbled himself for us and came to dwell among us. God came to live amongst us as a man in Jesus Christ. And so the gift of joy is for the humble. And then finally, fifthly, 
I want us to see that this gift of joy is to be expressed. And we see it, we see it all through here. Mary is expressing for the, the joy that she has come to, to feel and um, the emotion that, that God has, has blessed, us, blessed her with. And, and God means that for that to be our experience too. He, he means for this emotion to affect us and to well up in us and to show out into us. And so that it may affect other people too, that they may see the reality of the God who has changed and shaped our life and who so affects us that the expression of it bubbles out. We, um, our family um, has listened a number of times to a, uh, a comedian from the UK, a Christian guy, Adrian Plass. And he has a number of very amusing short skits. And one of them is uh, the occasion of a wedding and um, Uncle Fred is asked to get up and pray and, and, um, and, and the line comes in, uh, Uncle Fred, would you pray for us? Yes, let us pray. This is a joyful occasion. He starts off and then he goes on in this dull monotone that expresses nothing of the joy of the wedding. I don't do it justice. Go away and find it for yourself or I'll point it to you if you want and you'll laugh a lot. Um, but, but, you know, if we're trying to show that, that we have received and understood and are, are experiencing the gift of joy, it, it, it needs to be expressed. If our lives don't look like joy is, a, is the emotion that God gives us, well, we ask ourselves, what's going on? God means for it to be expressed in our lives. And so those are some simple thoughts for us on Mary's rejoicing. Joy to be expressed. It's for the humble. It replaces fear, but it comes for those who fear God. It is God's gift, and God is the object of Mary's joy. And so I want to finish by saying, well, what do we do with us? What do we do with this today? In 2021 at Christmas time, here in Bendigo, what do we do with this? And I want to, since it's the last time I'll preach here, I want to use three phrases that I've used often and people have let me know I use often. And I'm going to celebrate them today. I often say, you see, I often say, do you get that? And I often say, let's ponder this. So I'm going to say, do, do you see here in finishing, as we, as we think about this, do you see it? In the arrival of Jesus Christ into the world, God means for that to bring lasting, satisfying joy to humanity, including you, including me. Do you see that this morning? That's what God means for us. And then, do you get that? There is this offer that God has for us, but it was a personal reality for Mary. And God means for it to be the same for you. That offer of joy can be, can be yours. As you notice, as you believe, as you embrace, as you experience Jesus Christ for yourself, God means for that to be a personal reality for you. Do you, do you get that? And I want to urge you this morning, if you do get that, to go looking for ways to make that your reality this Christmas. Don't just sit back and say, that's a nice thought, that God has this offer of joy for me and he means for it to be personal and let it sit there. 
I want to encourage you, go looking for ways to be able to notice, believe, embrace and experience Jesus Christ and the gift of joy he has for you this Christmas. And then finally as we go, let's ponder it. Let's chew it over. Let's not just leave it behind. Uh, You know, we will walk out of here. There will be things in front of us this day, tomorrow, and through this coming week, which will conspire in all sorts of ways to pull us away from pondering this. And God means for us to hold on to it so that it affects us. It doesn't just become another sermon on a Sunday morning that that we've come along and heard and and walked away from. Let's ponder it. And and I urge you to ask God's Spirit to affect your mind with Jesus Christ. I urge you that because I urge it on myself. I find myself like you with all sorts of things pulling me away from remembering and reminding myself of, of all that I have in Jesus Christ at this Christmas time. And, and I say it to myself when I say it to you. Let's ask God's Spirit to affect their minds with Jesus Christ. You see, and as we do that, remember, God's, God doesn't just flip a switch and you rejoice with no mental content whatsoever. You see, the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of my heart and my mind to see the beauty of Christ. And we see it in, in His Word. We see it in the world. We see it in people around us. But when I see Christ in all that he is doing, and I take myself continually to see that, to see all that he is and, and my soul is affected, then we experience the joy he means to have, us to have. Let's, let's ponder it as we go away and ask God's spirit to affect us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the way that you... You came, you, you met Mary where she was, you impressed yourself on her and I thank you for the way she, she believed what you brought to her, for the way that she allowed it to affect her and I thank you for the joy that it brought to her. And I thank you for the joy that you mean us to have this Christmas in Jesus Christ. Whether this is the first time we've heard this or whether we've heard it many times before, I thank you for this offer and I pray that you would help us to come to embrace it, to notice it, to experience it for ourselves in some way this Christmas time. I pray that you'd take us from here, pondering your word, pondering what it means for us. And I ask that you would lead us to experience you in some fresh way for your honor and for your glory. And may we, like Mary, express the joy that we have in Jesus Christ, whether it's singing and dancing or whether it's some other way. I pray that you'd lead us this Christmas to express the joy that we have in you in some way that it affects other people for your honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.